Hi everyone and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast, sponsored and in partnership with the awesome Najahi events. Go check them out at Najahi underscore events on Instagram and you'll see all of the upcoming events they've got um, over the course of the next few months and some wonderful guests that I'm going to be able to interview too. On today's episode of the podcast, I've had the wonderful and joyful and exciting pleasure to talk to (laughs) startup tycoon megastar here in the Middle East, the awesome Donna Benton. Donna had a successful business here in the UAE called The Entertainer, which she built over many years. And then from that, she had an exit, a partial exit, I would guess, more than a full exit out of that business. Because I think you still own some shares, don't you? I do, 15%. So a partial exit out of that business. And she's going to share with us her story, what happened to her, the challenges that she faced, and also some of the things she's got her fingers and and toes into now, um, some exciting businesses that she's invested in. A great lady, awesome. Check out this podcast, listen to every single bit of it, and we'll come and join you at the end. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Spencer. Lovely to be here. So a lady that doesn't ask me for questions before an interview is my my perfect (laughs) guest. (laughs) Let's just wing it. Let's see what comes out. (laughs) So you, I mean, I've watched a a lot of stuff in the media recently with you getting involved in interviews and and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And I'm very, very conscious not to want to ask you questions that are typically (laughs) asked of you. However, for the benefit of the audience, Mm -hmm. um, I would say probably 75 to 80% know exactly who you are because they've been messaging me today saying, I can't believe you're being Donna. Oh, but for those nice. 25% that might not know who you are, just tell us a bit about your backstory. Well, I need a flip chart for that. <laughs> I've got well, one somewhere. Uh, no, no. Well, my name's Donna. I, um, I'm from Australia, from Melbourne. I came to Dubai when I was 26. I actually came for a job first up, which fortunately didn't work out. And Doing what? Uh, was in a marketing in a jewellery okay. company. And so I was just really driving on Shakeside Road one day and there were so many restaurants and attractions, but there's no incentive to get anyone to them. So I thought, well, if I, I don't own the two for one concept, but I wanted to do the two for one concept, but I put my own terms and conditions around it. So I thought if I could produce a book that would have two for one with terms and conditions, that would be a win to the merchant, a win for the customer, and also a win for me starting it up. Well, hopefully that would be a great formula. And that's really where I started. I did my feasibility in the internet cafe because I couldn't afford a computer. I got taxis everywhere to start off with. And my first merchant was the Marriott, where I went to and I signed in five fine dining and three family and casual. And they signed in for more money than I actually came here with. So I was so excited. I actually still remember that feeling today than I did 19 years ago. It was awesome. And that's really how the entertainer was born. So. I remember 15 years ago, people in the office going, have you got that book? Have you got that book? And it was like, I was like, what book? And then they put this kind of like huge thing, like this big on my desk. It's like, it's 500 dirhams and you can get, you can get two for one on everything in all these places. And I, I, I only like two restaurants though. I'm only really fond of that. And, and that's because I was one of these kind of people that wouldn't try other things, yeah. you know, when you know what you like. Creature of habit. But that's what the entertainer did for me. It got me going out to other places and experiencing other venues and restaurants and bars and stuff. So, and and g- gave me a much better understanding of the city. Correct. I think what was great about the entertainer, it, one, it gave you so much value. 
as, as a customer. Yeah. It gave you so much value, you could save so much money. It gave you a lot of opportunities to go out as a couple or a family that sometimes people couldn't afford. So then they could afford it more. For example, if a water park you could go to more consistently or around a golf or a, a restaurant, but it also got you out of your comfort zone. So then you would try new places because you might have already used those offers that you'd already used at your favorite places. So then you could try new ones coming up. So it was almost like your guide to where to go to dine at the same time, having a two for one. So that's what people really loved about okay. it. And the bigger I, the book, the better. You, well, it would, yeah, it was so you had more big. variety. It was definitely big. <laughs> now, you, you explained that very briefly where, where the idea came from. Mm -hmm. But you didn't really explain where the idea came from. Did you have an experience where you saw something like that and experienced it yourself and thought, hold on a minute, I can do something with that? Or did somebody sit down and talk to you? Or was there something in another country maybe that you saw? Where, where really did it start? Yeah, no, I think every country has two for one, whether they're in books or whether they're in newspaper articles yeah. or vouchers or they cut out or whatnot. So I think I, in Australia, we had a similar concept in Australia. And I, to be honest, grew up with not a lot of money. And I remember this one week where I actually had like $5 for the week. And I was like, oh gosh, what am I gonna do? I'm starving. So I actually used one of these offers. And so I think when I look back now, when I started it, it actually reminded of me really saving money and making other people save money at the same time and being able for them to go out and to make it affordable for people. That's really what it came about for me. It was really affordable because I knew what it was like to be in that position and I never want to be in that position again. So I wanted to make sure that really no one else was in that position at the same time. Okay. So let's fast forward now all the way to the point that you sold this, or a big chunk of the business anyway. So I believe the what I understand is 85% of it you parted with. Yes. And you've got a chunk of money for that, which is an outrageous sum of money, which uh, I'm sure you can't even count, but. Hey, no, <laughs> I didn't get to keep it all. There were shareholders. <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> damn those shareholders. Yeah, do I? I forgot their names. No, no, no. But you, Sharing's caring. But, 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 and a lot of people will see that. It's a lot, to me, it's a lot like, a gravestone. It's the year you're born and the, the year you die. And then there's this dash in the middle. Okay. And this dash represents so much your whole life. And I think a lot of people know the story of this is where it started. And, and a lot of people are obviously very aware of this is where it, where it kind of got to. But that journey along the way, you must have been through literally hell and back, yeah. I'm sure, a few times. There's a lot of juice in there. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when you think about that part, there must have been people along the way that said to you, this isn't going to work. Oh, a million percent. Listen, I've had ups and downs. I've had happy times. I've uh, worried times. But you know the one thing? I never gave up. Never did I ever think it was not going to work. And you really just have to shut your ears to everybody. And you have to really believe in yourself. And I really believed in the concept um, for the merchant and the customer. And I thought it was just a winning formula. And there were, <clears throat> you know, for example, my uncle was one of them. He, I went to, for him to invest in the company because I only came to this country with $3,000 and I didn't have the funding for it. So I literally networked and went and asked people. And I said to him, for 50,000 dirham, you can have 30% of the company. And he said to me, oh, I don't think you'll sell more than 300 books as he's Googling now. But, um, but yeah. yeah that, that, so, <laughs> when was the last time you saw him? Yeah, a little bit ago. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting whether people believe in you, they don't. Sometimes it's an automatic defence tool to really, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. People put up a barrier 
and whether it's a protection of you or a jealousy or a, a really they've got no idea, it's you can't listen to those people. You have, either the good or the bad, you really have to back yourself along the way first and the, the other people who put you down are just irrelevant. Just, they're whispers. That's, do you know what? That's a really lovely thing to say, but I don't believe in real life that applied. I bet there were moments that you sat on the end of your bed with your head in your hands thinking, is this, is this, is this really, really going to happen? Did you have those no. moments? You didn't. <laughs> no. Honestly. Honestly, I did not. I, I honestly... Most entrepreneurs do. I, I felt... I was saying this to somebody the other day. The three things that I actually felt when I started The Entertainer, or within the first six months, say, I felt excited because I had the concept and every entrepreneur is like, yes, we've got it, we've got it, this is the idea. I felt scared because as you do, oh, what if, what's going to happen? But then I actually felt untouchable. Within six months? Yeah, within six months. You know, I'd, I'd come from nothing, so I had nothing to lose. I, I backed myself, as I said. I was in taxis. All, nothing could get any worse, really. So I felt untouchable in the way I'd signed some fantastic merchants within the first six months. I'd learnt about all the printing side of things. I'd gone to retail outlets. I've done, I did everything that I'd never dreamed that I would do because I'd never done any of this before. I really learnt along the way. You know, I left school at year 12. I never went to uni. I'm quite self-taught. So I actually accomplished something that, that I never thought I would. And that was really in the first six to eight months when I'd had all my merchants signed and everything done and then it was off print. So yeah, I never felt that I couldn't not do it. Even when um, competition came, I still felt we've got this. That's an extreme. And that's not an arrogant thing. No, it's an extremely positive that's, mindset. I'm a very it? positive person. And don't worry, I know when to, n- never give up, but I know when to pull back. And there was no time at all that I thought, I'm going to pull back on this. You've got to fight for what you want. You have. While we're on that subject, then, let's just talk about mindset for a second here. Mm -hmm. The mindset of a successful entrepreneur. We spoke just before we went on camera about (laughs) exercising first thing in the morning. Yes. I'm I'm a big believer that getting up first thing in the morning and going to do some exercise is going to lead you on to having a much better day. Absolutely. I don't think you disagree with that. It's all on the same Correct. Healthy body, healthy mind. And so... What habits do you think that you had during that process represent what a successful entrepreneur does? Saying that, Spencer, I think during the embryonic stages of the entertainer, I wasn't up at five, six o'clock working out. I actually educated myself as I got older to do that. And I've always been sporty and I've Mm. always gone to gym and things like that. But it wouldn't be, right, I'm up at, because I didn't have kids then, so it wouldn't be like, right, I'm up at six, I'm doing an hour workout, then I'm going to the office. It was actually the opposite. I, was, I loved what I did, so I actually bounced out of bed to go to the fax machine to see if any merchants had actually signed their forms to send back to me. And it's almost that was my buzz. You know, just, yes, signing that deal. And great, I've got, say, Wild Wadi in now or Chili's, and that's great for them and great for the customer. And it was just really exciting as you go through that journey. But exercise is definitely a ritual that, that I've done for the last probably... 12 years at least and and it's not a weight thing for me it's more a, a mindset i always say when i've gone for a run i'm like oh therapy's done now yeah so it's you just have a clearer mind you're sharp and i'm very much a believer of a balance i'm very much to balance life who did you use as 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 maybe not necessarily face to face but mentors people who you followed back then people who's who's uh, 
and back then not not as much was available on the internet and podcasts yeah. weren't as popular but what kind of stuff did you read and did you consume at the time was there a Tony Robbins a Brian Tracy was there a Zig Ziglar was there someone that you kind of like thought that's an inspirational character I need to consume their content to be honest I'm probably the rarity of an entrepreneur because <laughs> I didn't have a mentor and I didn't really read a lot of books I I followed things and oh that's good but the people that I respect along the way and probably looked at if ever I need a little bit of inspiration were the likes of Steve Jobs and Richard Branson. Mm -hmm. I really respect that they started with nothing. Mm -hmm. They started in the garage or a record store on a beanbag. So I really respect the people that have been given nothing because people who are given a million dollars can do something with it. But people who have started with absolute scratch cannot. It's their hard work, their grit, their determination, and that's really where the respect comes from for me. Now, now, after the success you've had, you've got other businesses that you're getting involved with and startups and stuff. Yeah, I feel like I'm says. back in the startup stage. <laughs> Do you think, though, that now you've, is, um, I suppose, like, have you ever done a skydive? Oh, no, I don't like heights. Okay. That would freak me out. But when you do a skydive for the first time, it's terrifying on the ground. Oh, I'd have it's a heart attack right before I even got out of the plane. <laughs> it's, terri <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying in the plane, and it's terrifying when you jump out of the plane. You're not selling it to me, Spencer. But when you land, the first thing you want to do is do it again. Yeah. Because you now know what to expect. It's the fear. Okay, it's the fear of that. You, you now know that jumping out of the plane isn't the scariest bit, you know, of the whole process. And so your brain is aligned to it. When it comes to being successful in business like you've become, going back to the startup phase again, do you think there's, there's that kind of, I've done it, so I know the formula? No, so I think every business that. is different. Okay. I think skydiving is a lot different than going into business. I think there's I'll a lot of... Yeah, no, no, never. <laughs> I think there's different elements in business. You really... You, it's the type of person you are. So I, I think there's three types of people. You either make things happen, you watch things happen, or you're that person that, oh, what's happened? <laughs> you know. So I'm very a make things happen. I'm very... I'm quite a risk taker and I'm a doer. So with that formula, if I fail, well, I see that as success as well, because you have to fail to succeed, mm -hmm. because you have to learn. Mm -hmm. So with The Entertainer, I basically knew nothing. I had never been in publishing before. I had been in marketing. I had had my own business before. I'm quite good with finances. So I learned really along the way. So now I would say starting up again, I, I have a bit more of the formula, what works for me and what risks I can take, which are educated risks or not, what's going to work, where I can explode in just, I can do it a bit bigger rather than crawl before you can walk with entertainer. Mm -hmm. I can do it probably a little bit faster and that's probably just due to monetary reasons a little bit. But the foundation is still there. You know, you've got to have the right staff, you have to have the right offers, you've got to have the correct company culture. Your human capital is key. You know, again, you have to believe in yourself to do it and you've got to have a good idea. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be unique because I always say, yes, the entertainer was unique in this part of the world when mm -hmm. I started it. But I've invested, for example, in an F&B group called the Sunset Group. We own Black Tap as one of the restaurants. It's a mm -hmm. burger place. Yeah, I know. The There's one, so one, the, the many burgers. milkshakes you can't eat. Yeah, but people always say to me, oh, but someone else is doing that idea. Uh -huh. I'm like, have you been down Beach Road? There's about 100 burger places. And they do well. Mm -hmm. So you have to differentiate what you can do to that burger place, mm -hmm. what marketing tool you can to make it work. Mm -hmm. So with Black Tap, it's all about the milkshakes, it's about how you do the burgers, it's the on-sale. So it's a lot of different things, but they're burgers. 
you know. So you've got to be smart and think outside the box and you have to be a leader, not a follower and sort of get your ideas, your terms and conditions around the concept. Okay. Talk to me about these new businesses that you're working on. Oh, Spencer. So I've invested in quite a few businesses that I enjoy. So another one thing, if people know me, I only invest in things that I have passion with. Mm -hmm. If somebody came to me with a spare tires company, 11% ROI, I'd probably say no, because I don't have the interest in spare tires. So I've gone into a sports company called Dawson Sports. We provide all the sporting equipment to all the schools and the clubs. And I love that it does, it's, um, especially for the kids in schools. So we do that and it's also, that's a B2B and a B2C site. We're opening up our first store in Mercato at the end of this year, or the end of November. Okay. So I really love that. And we've also just got the rights for Sumto sports watches. Oh, I know Sumto, yeah, yes. the Garmin competitor, the round Correct. fancy ones. Yeah. It's better battery life, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're both very good watches. So we, that was actually amazing for us. So we've just got the rights for the GCC for Sunto. So Dawson Sports is really, really coming along. We've just fitted out 300 schools as well. So it's, yeah, it's great. Awesome product. We do all of our own products. So that's a great thing I'm very passionate on is all the sports equipment. Then I have a salon called Chloe's after my daughter. And the reason I opened up that salon is through the entertainer, I used to do the body book. And there were so many beauty places in there, but you know, everything opened at 10. I'm like, what about oh, yeah. one, the working women who need a quick blow dry or manicure before work? Also the mums who drop off school and yeah. they want to have a hair color before pickup. So there are a lot of elements. So we actually open at seven. So yeah. we, and we close at nine. So we cater for everything. And I've done a small kids area as well where they can do all their nails and hair. So you can do a mum and daughter thing. Mm -hmm. so, so I've done the salon as well. I have invested in the restaurant group, which we have beach clubs and Luigi and Drift. And we're bringing over Sushi Samba. Okay. As well. I was there great. recently. Oh, I was just in, London in the London last one. Weekend, yeah. Yes. So that's an awesome, awesome company. My daughter uh, will love you. That's her favourite place. Oh, we'll invite her. <laughs> we'll invite her to the opening. So coming next year to the new um, mall at the Kill. Oh, on the right near here. Yeah, on the palm. Yeah, right on the palm, on the oh. palm. And we've also got the beach club up there as well. So that will have an amazing view overlooking the palm on the 60th floor or whatever it goes up to. So we're really, really driving uh, the F&B industry here. We have a fantastic team, a great chairman, great vision. So the F&B world is, is great with them on board. And my new project will be, can't say too much at the moment because it's very much in the embryonic stages, but it's actually something totally different again that I've never been into, but I love. It's in the fashion industry world. Uh -huh. It's unisex for men and women and for children. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one and I personally love them. If anyone knows me, I have a lot of them and they're going to be really cool, it's great like fitting. Show. Exactly. Well, tell me more. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be probably 30% cheaper than the ones you really love now. So I'll come back on in, a, in four months and, <laughs> and show you some examples. <laughs> but it's watch the space with that. It's, it's, it's quite a big investment. I've really got great people on board for it. I've got the best in the business. We want to go global. We'll start with the GCC because, you know, I, that's close to my heart, especially mm -hmm. the UAE. So I really want to start that here first. There's a big market for it and there's a lot of vision for it. There's a lot of things that can tap onto it. So I'm, I'm very excited. Isn't there a, a... I can give you the name, though, what? for when it comes okay. out. I'm calling it Kaha Kapo. Kaha Kapo. C-A-H-A. Yeah. C-A-P-O. Kaha Kapo. Okay, Would you like me to tell you the reason I've called it that? 
Can I yeah. tell him that's out? I'm releasing a lot to you, Spencer. It's actually, it it's actually a really cool story. That's why I love it. So I love things with a, with a meaning, yeah. with a name. So I was like, what's Kaha Kapo? Trust me, you'll know it soon. So I'm going, it's my business partner with Dawson Sports. So I said to him, give me two things you think about me and I'll write two things I think about you. So I said to him, casual and caring. And he wrote about me, positive and happy. So I put the first two letters of each of the words and it's Kaha That's for casual it. and happy and Kapo for caring and positive. But that doesn't tell me what the product is. No, but the people who wear this product will, be, those will be all those things as well put together. So, so anything, it's just an amazing vision. No. Because <laughs> when I do the downward dog, I'm not very happy. <laughs> Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. You, you, you spoke twice in what you've just said about once about culture and the other one about great people. Mm -hmm. I think for most people, that's one of the toughest things in business to find really good people. Yeah. And, to, and a lot of people make bad decisions because they make emotional decisions when they're looking for people in the first place. Correct. How do you go through that process yourself to find the, the good people, the best people? Uh, to be honest, I don't really look at CVs. I rather interview the person. Mm -hmm. I think I have a good I call it gut on, on the person. I look for personality, I look for energy, depending on the position, obviously. But I like to give people a chance as well. So just because someone hasn't done a global position or a global brand doesn't mean that you can't mold them and they can also be good. Obviously, certainly some positions you need the expertise and you look at, you look at that as well and you get references. But for me, I, it's about the chemistry. At the same time, you've got to work with these people mm. eight to 10 hours a day, so you have to get along with them. Yeah. But you also have to have the respect both ways. So you have to, you earn respect, you don't get it. Just as a boss, you don't just automatically get respect, you have to earn respect. And that's leading by example. So I like to interview everybody, pretty much that I employ. People think I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but I just like to be in the business rather than on the business sometimes. And I believe that's how you succeed as well, because when you actually get to the top, you still have to do the things that were in your foundation along the way, because as soon as you stop that and stop being humble, then you'll go down the slide. Mm. That's one bit of advice I could give to people. You just keep doing the things that you did along the way to make you successful. Whether it's 20 years on, keep doing them because people will still love you for that. As you've grown business over the years, have you found it hard to relinquish um, control to a management team underneath you from time or has it been a kind of slow kind of weaning you off process or you've been able to go <laughs> right it's yours you you carry the bag now you get on with it go on yeah no it wasn't like that <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a little bit weaning a little bit weaning so I know my strengths as well and I know my development areas so it's easier to let go of your development areas because somebody's generally better at that than you one of the hardest things to let go of is the finances and to be honest I'm still on that you can never let go of the finances, really. You have to be on top of that at all times. But, you know, things like whether it's HR, you have to then respect your manager's decision to do things at the same time. Uh, whether it's sales, whether it's, I don't know, the digital department, whether it's marketing, everyone has to have a voice as well. So I, I have quite an open door policy, but letting go is tough, especially when you've built something over so such a long time. And also in startups, it's hard as well because you're investing your money into it and your time 
and you just don't want to, oh yeah, it's fine, you go and do it now, because you want to be in it, you want to be on it, and that's part of the journey, it's the excitement, and I think, as you were saying, everyone knows what it was to start up and to finish, but actually the most exciting time is the journey. It's actually not the finish, and it's great that you get rewarded for it and you get the exit, but the most exciting part is having those pizzas with your team and high-fiving and celebrating that you've got a deal and like having your back against the wall because something just went wrong and really seeing what pulls together. That's the journey and that's the exciting part about it. There was somebody that won 170 million pounds, I think it was last week on the British Lottery. Okay. And if you look over uh, the history of the lottery winners in the UK, I can't speak for other countries, Mm -hmm. but nine times out of 10, their life goes into a downward spiral after they get the money. Why they go broke, most of them? Um, some of them go <laughs> broke. They some get, of them, they don't know how to deal with the money. Yeah. Um, and they invest in crazy things and they spend money on crazy things trying to find some form of happiness. They give up their jobs. And I, I look at that and then I look at you and I say, right, there's a lady here that's received a chunk of money after putting all of that hard work in. I don't so much worry about how you look after your money. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm not going to go broke in the but, near future. But I do think about the emptiness. Because I remember mm. when I stepped away from my group and I gave it to Danielle, like I told you before. Yeah. I stepped away and gave her control of the business and all of a sudden my life became very empty. Because of the interaction. And, and literally it was, it was a wilderness. Mm. And it made, it, it made the world very dark for me. Yeah, okay. And I became very lonely. And I, I, I couldn't understand what my value was anymore. You know, mm. I was asking all of these kind of questions. And probably there was an element of me feeling sorry for myself in there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But that place that I got to, and there was a, there's another guy that I know that he sold his business. He, he built it for two and a half years and he put people in place to run the business mm-hmm. so that when he sold the business, it literally was a check, goodbye. Put on by itself. And he stepped out and he said, I felt brilliant that day and that night in the pub <laughs> he said i'd hang over the next day and then i sat there on monday morning thinking what am i doing this week and i realized i had nowhere to go and so i know that you keep yourself busy i mm. understand that but can you understand that type of place that no absolutely did you did you did you, did you have any of those people at entertainer yeah i mean it's my commercial baby that you build up and you know i've still got staff there that i've had for 15 years so of course you miss that interaction every day and there's a lot of people in the office and it's very different than a startup. So you miss, whether it be the banter or the lunch or coming in or having a board purpose. meeting. Is, or, isn't it just, or, or maybe, maybe it's not purpose, it's, um, it's, it's um, what do you call it? It's, it's that regularity of doing stuff. What's the word I'm looking for? It's the, the but not routine, routine, but it's more but just the... I think it is though. It's not even self-assurance, it's more... The atmosphere, you miss a little bit of that. Listen, I don't miss some things, (laughs) but I I miss some of the people. That's probably what it is, because I also have great atmosphere in the office that I'm in now. And as I said, with this new company, I've just signed a new office. So I've gone from my 20,000 square foot office to my 1800 square foot, but it's exciting. And I really like that and fitting it out. And we've got great people coming into it. It's like a little family again, growing. So that's also exciting for me as well. And one thing I did do at Entertainer, I really made a huge effort to know everybody's name. That was one thing that I was really big on, but we grew a lot and over to 300 people, so it got a bit harder. But 
for the first 250, I pretty much knew everybody's name and I used to walk around the office and go and speak to everyone. That was literally the first hour of my morning. I was stopping, popping in people's offices, what's happening. That was the interaction that to be seen is really important as a leader. How do you think those people would describe you as their boss? Oh, I don't know. You have to ask them. <laughs> if I was to guess, I, I think fair, firm, fun. Uh, what about Sarah? She's here at the moment. <laughs> I'll ask her afterwards. Uh, yes, I, I would say that definitely people would say I'm a, I lead by example. I'm definitely not a dictator style. I get my hands dirty, but I'm all about action. If someone's not doing their job properly, I will tell them. I have absolutely no remorse for that. I don't like late, I like punctual. Uh, there's certain things that I am, but there's certain things I give on at the same time. So I'm very flexible as well if people need it, but if people start to take advantage, that doesn't work for me. Is, have you met anybody or have you heard of anyone that's jealous? Look, I think... Because of, because of, because of what, you, what you achieved. I mean, it's such a great achievement and the majority of people, I'm sure, are incredibly supportive and Yeah, uh, and I think so fortunate that all my great friends here and even all my entertainer staff, they have been just so happy for me. And I think over the 18 years, they've really seen, especially the ones who have known me for that long, how hard I've worked mm -hmm. and my team and what I've put into the business, that they're actually genuinely happy for me. If, if anyone's jealous, it would be more people that really don't know me maybe, mm -hmm. that they have an expectation of what I would be like, mm -hmm. but I'm not really like that. So I, everyone's jealous to a certain extent of someone, whether it's a sporting capacity or looks or a body build or intelligence mm -hmm. or money or kids or whatever it may be. But to be honest, I haven't really, I've, no, I haven't, I can't say that off the top of my head, I would know someone that's jealous. They're all just really, I try and surround myself by positive, happy, genuine people. And if I ever found that, uh, the negativity doesn't work. When you, when you look at these new business ventures that you're going into and you're growing and whatnot, how, how easy is it for you to make a decision? Or are you the kind of person that spends three to six months doing your research to say, right, that's, that's what I'm <laughs> going to do? Or you're the kind of person that when you actually hear it, you sell yourself on it almost. I'm like, this is it. This is going to be a great idea. And then you do the research. Yeah, I probably take about 48 hours to know if it's a good business or not. Okay. I'm actually, I think I'm quite good at the figures. And literally, I do a feasibility on an A4 bit of paper. Yeah. Um, and like this morning, someone offered me something as an extension of another company. I literally got it uh, within five minutes. I knew it wasn't going to work. So I'll be emailing the person and now telling them, sorry. <laughs> uh, and that was, this was something with one of my chains to, to go. But I, I'm quite visionary like that. I can see also, I appreciate things don't make money year one as well. Mm -hmm. So I can actually see if there's a vision for it. But I, can, I believe that I can also tell if it's going to work. And a lot of it is the person running it as well. It's just not about the product and the return. It's about the person running the business if it's also going to work because you always invest in the person. What scares you? Heights. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping out of an aeroplane. <laughs> Jumping out of an aeroplane. What scares me? Um, you know, a lot of things don't scare me with business in my professional life. It'll probably be more my personal life. If it's anything to do with my kids or my family or sickness, uh, that's probably, which I'm sure scares every, every parent. Every parent yeah, yeah. That, that scares me. But that's probably the only thing that would scare me, like to the point that I couldn't sleep at night. Do you ever get intimidated in any type of environment? Let's just stay focused on business for now. Do yeah. you ever get intimidated in, in any environments? Have you ever been, or walked into a 
you know, a room yeah. full of suits and kind <laughs> of, No, I don't. I think just from my experience along the way, I've done two acquisitions. They've all been men. My last acquisition was with 18 men and it was, well, there was a lot of testosterone going on there. So I, I think I've learned along the way. If you'd asked me that question 15 years ago, my answer probably would have been different. But now I would probably say it would take a lot to intimidate me. Um, I have yeah. a, a strong mum that started with nothing and built a business and became successful. Oh, I, I, love have, her. I have Danielle, my business partner, who has done a formidable job with the businesses that we have. And all of the businesses I own are managed, at least if not uh, predominantly run by women. Yeah. Go I, women power. I, I'm, not, I'm, not a bit, I'm not big into this girl power thing. I'm about I, equality. I'm, okay, I, I'm not even that. Oh. I, I, don't, I, don't believe, oh. I don't believe in that kind of stuff, you know. I, what I believe in is who's the best person for the job. Mm. And what I've learned about most women that I've worked with is that they're better as professionals than men. Mm. And it's not because of, of, uh, of them having to fight harder to get it. I just find but that... But the sad that, part that is, in I, this day and age, we actually do. Yeah, but uh, again, with the opportunities that, that have been afforded the people that work with me, they've had to fight equally, I believe. But I've always yeah. found that the, the, the women are better communicators, the women are better organised. Um, uh, 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 the, when women understand leadership, most of the time, in my experience, they're extremely good at leadership. Yes. But when I say good, I mean consistent at leadership. Men can be very inconsistent at leadership. Yeah, I think the thing with women, and it's actually really sad that there's, I think it's around 5.5% of women are CEOs. Um, which is quite sad because that's an internal... 95% of the women in my world are the CEOs. Yeah, that's good, high five. <laughs> Um, but that's obviously not entrepreneur-wise, that's corporate. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, and we get a little bit put down, oh, she's got kids, she won't be able to travel. Yeah. She won't be able to. But that's a really huge misconception because as women know that, yes, we might have kids, but we are still able to travel. Sometimes it's a little break yeah. <laughs> we like we to travel. To it, yeah. yeah. So I agree with you. You know, women are better multitaskers, our, our vision, we're actually... We're not yes people in a way, if you know what I mean. We, we get the job done, no matter what it is. We've got passion. Yes, we might get emotional on the way or hormonal or whatever it may be. But we, are, we want the same thing just as much as men do. And with the equality part, I was more saying that we also want to earn our own money. You know, we want to be able to pay for our kids' schooling or homes or birthday presents or your boyfriend's Christmas present or whatever it may be. So in that regards, and in this day and age, I actually think you need two incomes anyway because it's hard to get on. But I believe that women, I don't know what it is in our brain, but we just have this never give up attitude. And I think that's most women. I think that's what gets us there. It's that passion, it's the drive. When women should never put women down, women should embrace women and support women because we all wanna lift each other up. And whether that's in the working environment, whether that's if you're a mom or you've had a breakup or uh, an unfortunate situation, you know, Forget the jealousy and forget everything. You know, you need to be there. Give someone a hug, support them. And it's the same with a guy. You know, a guy, the problem with men, I think they put up a front of what their emotions sometimes really are. Mm -hmm. Women show emotion a lot better mm -hmm. than women. And that's a huge thing in the mental health world also, I think, that men have a stigmatism, which is sad really, because it shouldn't be like that, that I'm this and I'm tough and we don't we don't cry and we don't this but you're allowed to do that as well and the world would be a better place if there was a little bit more emotion sold and if women also got given a little bit of better chance okay to the point on women there i i describe it like this 
uh, <laughs> hell, hath, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned is a, is a yes yeah? never worse than a bit of woman yeah? we would say. so okay exactly Don't mess with the determination that woman has is not loud it's quiet okay yeah. it's it's kind of fierce like you wouldn't believe but it's quiet and i and i see successful women in business have that it's not a loud like like guys will have the ego and, and the, the extrovert aspect to them most women i find it's like the duck, it's on the top, it's calm, but underneath they're paddling like crazy mm. and working really hard. And I think that when I notice that, I think that's quite exciting to think about the fact that the people in the business see this this calm, organized, driven, focused person. And like with Danielle, I know that she's like underneath, she's like fired she's, up like oh. you wouldn't believe, but she doesn't have to walk around going, rah, you know. Yeah, you don't need that. You yeah. don't, that's an ego thing. Yeah, you know, it, it's, you don't need ego. You need respect, definitely not ego. And sometimes silence is key, where you can just sit in your office, you tune out, everyone's doing their work and you do your thing. But communication, as you were saying, women actually do have great communication. So, and that comes to the feelings, I think, and the emotion and, you know, what we were just talking about. But, yeah, you don't need to be a, a big tiger. You can be a teddy bear at times and then a tiger when you need to be. And when you are a tiger, then people will listen because you're not normally that. You do it all the time. Yeah. Okay, two more questions. Do you think you've become a bit of a flag bearer? for women entrepreneurs here in this part of the world because you're on a pedestal because people know oh, no, the I success don't like you've that. done. <laughs> you've, you've done I, so incredibly well. Thank you. And, and it, everybody knows you've done well. And whenever your name's mentioned in any circles that I mix in, everybody associates you with that great success story that you've had. And so that's thank something, you. obviously, that's of course, you're proud of it. I know that. But do you feel that you've been given this responsibility to kind of do it for the girls type of thing or, or Look, I'm really proud of what just not what I've done of what my team's done I feel I have a responsibility not just to women but also to men as well just to give them a bit of inspiration motivation I wouldn't say I'm not the best entrepreneur in the world by far I'm not that but I do have some qualities I think that I've learned along the way that I can share with others to give them motivation and inspiration. So if I could make one or two people do that and have a successful company, that would make me really happy. Because my, I suppose my, my why really is, and it took me a while to find out my why, really why I do, it's not your what or your how, but my why is you really need to believe that you can achieve even when you're feeling scared and alone. You always have to back yourself. So I'm really all about the underdog and anyone can be on a high and I'm going to do this and it's but the best part of you will always come when you believe in yourself when you're feeling scared when you're feeling alone that you can't do it and if you get that oomph by somebody you're untouchable mm, that's a great thing to say mm, last question okay. for you would you like to be on Shark Tank oh I would love to be on Shark Tank <laughs> I want to do my own Shark Tank actually can I tell you a little secret with the new company, Kaha Kapo, that I'm You're doing. You're not telling us about, yeah. <laughs> that I'm not telling you about, but you'll all get one. I, um, I'm putting a certain amount of profit towards that to do a mini shark tank so I can invest in people that have got great ideas but can't get the funding to because I feel I was in that position. So I want to give other people the opportunity to be able to start their own companies and have their own vision. So I'm going to do a little mini Donna Shark Tang after a year when it started and we're making money, hopefully. Um, and if I get that opportunity, I definitely would love to be able to do that. And that's what I'll be doing with some of the profit. Wonderful.
Thank you thank so you. much. So yeah, Shark Tank. I love it. <laughs> Shark Tank, yeah. Okay. I don't know what it's called in Arabic. <laughs> yeah, nor do I, but I'm, I'm a big believer in supporting others. But, okay, just, just before we end then, because <laughs> I, I just, I just no, <laughs> loads of stuff coming out. When you talk about um, media, okay, mm -hmm. Shark Tank's obviously a TV show, but when sure. you talk about, okay, I love that kind of stuff and I love producing content. Do you like producing content? Uh, me personally doing it or yeah. speaking on it? Do you like producing content? Yeah, I love yeah. content on it. So like, like doing something like this, you yeah, enjoy? love it. Okay. Yes. And Do you want to be on the Shark Tank with me? Yes. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to ask no, me? No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> now you've asked me. <laughs> you're nuts but it's just that I, I've seen you do stuff and I just wondered how much of that stuff you would really like to do. And when you answered, as soon as I said Shark Tank, your eyes went, yeah, yeah I'd love to yeah. do that. But that's not, about, that's not about me getting in the media. That's about me helping other people and achieving their dreams. Because I'm not worried about me. I don't have an ego at all. I want Sally who's come in and who's pitched a great idea on selling ice creams that no one else believes in. That's someone to believe in her and to give her the chance. That's powerful. So yeah, Thank I'll you. fight for the I'll fight for the startups. Thank you so much for coming on Thank the show. Thank you, Spencer. Really it's been wonderful. It. Love being here. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. The awesome Donna Benton. Hi everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. What a great episode it was with the awesome Donna Benton. She's come on the show. She shared her stories, tips, tricks, ideas, and strategies told us about new businesses that she's developing as well. So hopefully you took something positive from it, but more importantly, did she enjoy it? Donna? I did, Spencer, thank you. I love being here. I love the energy, I love the atmosphere, and you asked some really good questions. How cool is that? Okay, <laughs> get the energy for me, woo! Yay! Okay, if these awesome people out here would like to follow you and get in touch with you to learn more about what you're doing mm -hmm. on Instagram, maybe, what's your Instagram handle? will be the best one to follow me on. It's Donna Benton Founder. And that's where you'll be finding what I do each day, some really cool quotes, what I'm investing in, and some tips for new businesses and things. Okay, excellent stuff. So we'll put the link uh, below here as well for you to go and check it out very easily. Mm -hmm. But really, Donna has... Uh, epic in what she's done it really is Thank a you. massive massive achievement and so there's lots that you can learn from her so don't sit down okay put the tv dinner on stare at the game of thrones or blooming netflix again do some investing okay investing of time in learning and growing and becoming better yourself and donna's a great person to learn from right i'll see you soon folks <laughs>